Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. If you're anything like me, you're not quite ready to put your feet up and knit for however many decades we have left. And if you're currently sitting with your feet up knitting, let me say that I do that a lot too. And I also have other plans. I often talk about retirement being in the crosshairs or perhaps in the rear view. Retirement as in leaving the nine to five. There are so many follow-up options from full-on employment to a life of philanthropy for us to choose from these days if we want more. Words like entrepreneur, business adventure, digital nomad are more and more in the common vernacular. My guest today is younger than us, but she has reinvented herself several times. Now she coaches other women to produce your best life. She's been a guest on a lot of podcasts, and today it's my pleasure to welcome her to this one. Shannon Russell, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Oh, Agnes, thank you for having me. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I am too, and I'm going to jump right in there. When I hear words, I was looking at your website, like unresolved career and balanced life, I tend to think there's a story in there. Am I right? Yes, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, I I started my career as a television producer. So it was my dream to work in Hollywood. And I worked my way up um, and produced for 16 years. And then when I had a family, when I started having, I have two little boys. And when I started having, when I had my first, I realized, okay, these are long hours. This is really hard. What am I going to do? Um, My husband's a television producer as well. So with the two of us traveling in the long hours, it was really tricky. And then I had my second son. And that's when I had kind of the light bulb aha moment of, I can't do this anymore if I want to be present for my boys. And that's when I started realizing this is an unresolved career because I loved what I was doing. There was nothing toxic or hard about it. It was what I wanted to be doing, my life's path. So I thought, but then things change when you have kids, things change at different junctures in our life. And that's when I started realizing like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. It's not that I can't, I'm choosing not to, and I'm trying to figure out what else I can do. And as a producer, I kind of coined it as producing your own life. I kind of took that control into my own hands and I struggled. I made a couple of wrong turns. I 
took a nine to five job thinking that's what I had to do to contribute to my family. And I joined or joined, I um, enrolled in a graduate school program online at night to become a teacher because I thought that would be stable. So I was trying all of these different things and none felt right. And finally, I just said, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to produce my own life and take the skills I had as a television executive and move that into my own business, not knowing how to do that at all. And it, it turned out to be the best decision I could have made um, because I've been able to be with my boys. So I, I think it's, you know, just kind of looking at yourself in these different phases of your life and trying to think about what it is that feels best at that moment. Yeah, I I think a lot of women right now are nodding their head. I was a full-time mom and homemaker for the first few years. And then, you know, as the kids get older, they also get more expensive. And I remember going back to work part-time and I just felt awful. And I remember going to a woman, a, a colleague of mine who was full-time and I said like, am I alone here? Is it just because I spent the first few years with my kids or what? And she says, nope, every woman feels that. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Now this podcast is for boomer women. Most of us grew up with two career choices and one big expectation, teacher or, nur or nurse, and then get married, raise a family. Things have changed drastically over the years. And now women are rocket scientists, they're politicians, you name it. You coach on how to produce your best life does that mean women are still ending up in roles careers that they're not happy in yes they are and it's it's funny because i have clients that are in their 20s and you know maybe mid-20s they've had that first job after graduation and realized this is not what i want to do now what i'm in debt and i thought this was what my life's plan was and it's not and then i have women who are my age have young children and realize this doesn't fit my life. And then I'm also coaching women who are, you know, not yet ready for retirement or in that age range and they just know they're meant for more and they want to do that. They don't want, like you said, to just sit and knit all day if that's not what they choose to do. And so I think at all those different ages, people just realize that, okay, this might've worked great in this section of my life, but now I'm here and things have changed and now I need to find what fits in this present moment. Right. And, and what I find from, from this age aspect is that either A, we want to leave a bit more of an impression or, or do something that's really impactful, meaningful before we hang up the ballet slippers. Um, or we suddenly realize that, whoa, but when I quit, my income is going to go from here down to here and I need to supplement. But I don't want just another job. I, I don't want, you know, like a menial chore. I want to do something that's fun or meaningful or something like that. When you're dealing with people who are still working or actually anybody, I guess, how do people know when it's time to make that big change? I mean, you think about it a lot, but I think sometimes you, you come to that line in the sand. How do people find the line in the sand? I think it's a great sign if you have been thinking about it for a while because the idea is brewing. And if you start to think about it, you know, start doing your research. I always say if you are working, take that time to kind of research that idea that you have. Maybe talk to some people who are in that field or have done that. Just get all of your information before you make that big leap. And if you're not working, then that's great too because you really have more time to think it through and listen to podcasts, 
read books, kind of research and know what you're getting into because you don't want to make a leap or a change, start a business, whatever it might be, and then realize that you're just as unhappy as where you were before. So I think, you know, it's just knowing and being able to turn and listen to yourself, which a lot of us women don't do enough, is to really turn and say, am I happy right now? Sometimes we wake up after all these years and go, wow, I never really asked myself that question. And that's kind of one of my things I'm trying to do is to have women at any juncture of their life, make sure that they do that self check-in to know like, are you happy? Are you being creative the way you want to be? Are you working on leaving that legacy for your family? Just, you know, you get one life as far as we know. So let's make sure that we're doing what we want to do. And if there's a dream we had as a little girl, we can still work on that at any age. Um, the, I feel like there's more opportunities now than ever before. I recently had an aha moment. I was um, interviewing a woman, a doctor who specialized in menopause. And she said, you know, with all the changes that happen in a woman's body as she gets into her 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, so often that I mean, we're so used to our bodies, you sort of take it for granted. And you sort of blame this and you blame that and you blame the next thing. But sometimes you just need to say, things are happening in my body. So let's go with that and produce our next life, you know, so (laughs) why do people struggle so much with the big change, like career change? What I've seen from clients is that you're scared of what other people will think or Mm -hmm. of not having that support, whether it's of a partner or friends or family, or just thinking that people, it's that imposter syndrome that we all hear about and you know, even just going, well, uh, I post this on Facebook that I'm thinking about changing this. Or if I, you know, tell my friends when we're out to dinner that I'm thinking about starting a podcast or writing a book or whatever it might be, they're just going to laugh at me. Like, this is a crazy idea. And then you, you pay more attention to that, those naysayers or what you're afraid of before you even put it out there before you take that next step. Um, So I think it's that feeling of being stuck and who am I to try this? Who am I to make a change, but you can make a change and shake things up without, you know, making your whole world collapse. You know, there's ways to do it without just disrupting the flow of the family. So yeah, I feel like everyone just feels like if they try to do something outside of what they're already doing, they're going to disrupt everyone and it's just going to be chaos and they don't have the confidence to, you know, kind of figure it out along the way. You've reminded me of, I mean, I've been doing this sort of thing and I've been online for for so many, well, I won't say so many years, but enough years now that I remember when I first came online and people were talking about exactly that, you know, like, well, my, my spouse, you know, thinks I'm crazy or my friends outright laughed at me, you know, that sort of thing. And for me, it was always a matter of what's that about? Cause I'm single and independent, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. like, don't have to consult with anybody. And my children, I think are, they're up adults. So obviously now uh, they're just so used to me doing my own thing. It's like, okay, what, what adventure are you setting off on now, mom? They love that. I'm sure. Do, you, do your clients ever get partway in and then sort of get really nervous? You know, sometimes you can feel almost sick with a big change uh, or with the insecurity of not knowing what's next that they stop. I have not had anybody stop yet, but I actually was on a client call yesterday where she felt like, oh, maybe I have to go back and get an office job. Like, and so we had to talk it through like, okay, why are you feeling that way? Because your um, business is not progressing as fast as you had in your mind. 
And I, and by the end of the conversation, she felt like, okay, that, you know, that was a quick trigger, if you will, to think about going back. Like, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to give myself these timelines to see if I can make the business progress by, I think she wants to do it by August because she doesn't want to have to go back to her teaching job in the fall. And, you know, she has these different things, but it was just kind of saying that not, and, you know, any change is going to have ups and downs and it's not going to happen overnight where you're instantly going to be making your same salary or you're instantly going to have the same levels of success that you've had for 20 years. So I think just giving yourself that grace, knowing that this is something that you're working towards and not giving up so easily because the fact that you even started on that road to something different means you're supposed to be there. So I just think you know, give yourself that space and keep working towards it. What can you do that little thing each day, you know, get the support, listen to podcasts like yours and, and really just find people that will support you before you make that drastic change. Well, I think most of us too, uh, you know, certainly by this age is you've tackled some drastic changes in your life and, you know, the butterflies are normal. The nervousness, the apprehension is normal. And I mean, personally, I've always find, found as soon as I'm about to make a big, huge change, I start telling people. And then it's like I've almost forced my own hand because I can't back out now. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's worked for me. So hopefully mid-age women have enough behind them that they have the determination to take the plunge. They feel confident, right? We know if you're going to make a change, you know what you want at this age. Well, yeah. And the children are grown. The personal life is well established, whatever that looks like. Um, and the displeasure with the current situation is strong enough to keep them moving forward. I know the reason I'm online right now is I had a new boss and he and I did not get along, didn't like each other. And he was younger than me. So I thought he's got a whole career. He's not going anywhere. So I'm, I, I don't need this for the last few years of my, my working life. So yeah, I took the plunge. Oh, good for you. What sort of choices do you see clients making when they decide to produce their own life? Do they get like a, a preferred job? Do they go into entrepreneurship? Uh, do they go online, brick and mortar? All sorts of choices there. A lot of my clients have been choosing to go more the entrepreneurial route. So I have one client that started an Etsy shop um, and she's very creative. So she's like slowly growing that and she's making what she wants with her hands, selling it and finding that to be successful. Others are, you know, doing small businesses based on what they were doing in their full-time job but doing it on their own terms, you know, whether it's being a consultant. I have one client who is a health and wellness consultant. There's another one who um, I actually just onboarded and she just turned 60 and she's divorced and she decided that she is going, she loves to bake and she loves to bake gluten-free and vegan, you know, all these healthier options. And she's going to take that on as her business. And so I'm excited to help her with that. But I think, yeah, I think there's more flexibility if you're going to go that route. However, there, if you know what you want to do and you know, like you, you know, maybe this corporation that I'm at, this company is not, you know, the best suited for me at the moment, but I want to do the same thing at a different company that might be more suited for me. Then making that lateral move is possible as well. We're just trying something different. It doesn't have to be completely entrepreneurial. I've talked to people who have just decided, okay, you know what? I want to volunteer full-time. Money's not an issue. I'm going to really get myself at a position at a local food pantry or whatever it might be and really dedicate the next section of my life to that work. 
So I think there's a lot of options depending on what really is important to you. Now, earlier you mentioned something about like when we were younger, we might've had a dream. How often does that sort of people go like, oh man, I'd forgotten that I really wanted to do that. But yeah, that's something I'm going to look into. A lot of times. And I think like in midlife, um, where we are, this is the time to start thinking about those things. Like I've always wanted to write and here I am, I'm 45 and I'm finally starting to put pen to paper and write. So I think at any point you can start to do that, but I've definitely had women at least look into that. Another woman I'm thinking of, a friend of mine, she's always been into health and wellness and exercising. And so she's looking to get a certification in bar or bar Pilates, I think it is. So it's it's nice that that's always been something that she did, gymnast and all of that when she was younger. And now as a mom, her kids are leaving the house and she's going to go and get that certification and teach classes. And so, yeah, I think that a lot of it goes back to that because like you were saying earlier, Agnes, is that there weren't many options for you when you were younger. You had your couple of routes to choose. For me, I'm the first in my family to go to college because both of my parents got married at 18, had us, and that was what, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for many, many years. So there were just less choices. College wasn't an option, you know, and I think now there's just more options. So to take advantage of that, to take advantage of choosing. I actually, this is interesting to bring up is that I had a guest on my podcast who mentioned something that I had never thought about. And it was the fact that our grandparents and our great grandparents had even less choices. And it's almost our, she mentioned that it's almost our privilege or our priority, I guess, to do all of the things because they weren't able to. And because we can, and we have the options and the online resources and everything else to do the things that we have always dreamt of doing, that we should do it in honor of them. And I thought that was so profound when you think of it that way. Well, and I'll, I'll turn the, the ship around a wee bit too. Uh, as I said, you know, my kids tend to go like, uh, and my, one of my daughters was reading uh, a story to her five-year-old and it was about grandma. And partway through the, the, my five-year-old granddaughter just started laughing. She said, that's not grandma. <laughs> you know, so on a go forward basis now, I need to be a role model for my daughter and my granddaughters in terms of, you know, I'm not going to just sit down or turn around and start baking because I've turned 65. No, yeah, and you're so. doing that. So that's such that's so incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to back up the bus a little bit just in case. Can you just explain what an entrepreneur is to our listeners just in case? Sure. An entrepreneur is just um, in my definition of taking an idea, starting a business on your own, being your own entrepreneur and leading that business, if it is um, that coaching practice, just taking on anything, even being a podcaster is an entrepreneur, setting this up, creating something that's yours. Okay. Now I have a few notes about like why somebody might move on. And we talked about reclaiming an earlier plan or an earlier idea. The other ones I was thinking about was like, you make a new choice because now like at our age, we know more, we we've seen what's out there and something may have caught our attention or our interest. And then maybe just jumping into something more interesting or more fun than what we're currently doing. Do you sort of see all of that? Or do you see more? Like, are there other things that people tend to do as they get older? I think it's, it, I think it's all of that. And I think it's really what I see a lot of women of different ages want to serve. 
So like if you're interested, if you've worked for years as a nurse and now you're thinking of your second act, it might be, I want to coach other nurses on how to not get burned out. I want to serve in a different capacity in the health field. So really just taking, I guess, their experience and helping others and serving in that way. So I, I have to say that quite a few women are choosing that as their second act of thinking more of how can I serve the community I'm in? Teachers coming out of the classroom and saying, I wanted to serve, you know, families more, whether I'm opening a tutoring practice or I'm writing a book about education or I'm going in and consulting for teachers. So there's different options of really taking what you've done in your first act and turning it around to serve has been a, a pattern I've been seeing a lot. I, I belong to or I follow a coach. I'm part of his group. And whenever we have like an online thing. There's hundreds of people there and, you know, they're talking about what they do and how they help people. And I'm going like, never have thought of that. What a great idea. You know, and it's not for me necessarily, but it's just, as you say, people find a way to reinvent themselves based on all sorts of different, different ideas. Yeah. You can just take some a small little interest and just kind of research and, and, you know, think about it, you know, marinate with it and, and find what it is, find a brand new idea. Yeah, yeah. Now, entrepreneurship can take a whole bunch of forms, as you've been discussing. Is there any sort of a, a or maybe you even offer this, some sort of a litmus test, for example, to, because not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. How, how, is there any way to find out if you've got what it takes? And I don't mean that, that some people are better than others. It's just that some people can do it and other people can't. To find out ahead of time? Yeah. So really, I like to bring it back to the why and to bring it back to, I talk a lot about non-negotiables. So if you're making this change, you want to make it a change that is going to benefit this second act of yours and not bring you back into the same place you were. So, you know, if you know that you like the weekends free to spend time with your friends and see your family, then you don't want a job or a business that's going to take your attention away on weekends. So really to make that list of what you want and what you do not want in the second act helps you stay focused on if you can start that business, if you can go the entrepreneurial route. And, you know, you want to look at things as, you know, money to start a business. You need to have that money to invest. And, there are different levels of entrepreneurship. So if you are starting an Etsy shop, if you're starting a podcast, if you're writing a book, you won't need as much upfront costs as if you're opening a brick and mortar business or, you know, really having to build a business. Um, I own a franchise as my other business. So, you know, that's a lot of capital to put in to open a franchise. Although if you open a franchise, you have that corporate support to help you run that business because it's like a McDonald's, right? There's a corporation that owns all of these franchises and you buy into it. But the the point I'm trying to make is that there's different ways to be an entrepreneur, but you want to look at the finances that you do have available, the time that you have available to commit to it. Because when you start something new, it takes a long time, as you know, Agnes, with the podcast too, like to grow it and to really scale it. So you want to go back to the non-negotiables and look at how much time you have, the money, how much this is your passion. Is this something that you are just going to be excited every morning and you're going to feel creative? If it's taking, you know, that bit that you've been missing from your first act, you want to really look at all of that. And then if you think you can handle everything that it has to take, you know, that it needs to take this and make it get off the ground, then you are ready for it. 
And, you know, are you able to manage people? If it's a business where you have to manage people and that's the last thing you want, then you might need to hire somebody to do that. So it's just a lot of that, that research, looking inwards and researching what this opportunity is before you dive in. You know, I always say learn and leap, right? Learn about it first and then decide if it's a good fit. And you might go through all of those steps of learning and looking inside and being like, oh, this is not it. Let me go on to the next idea and move forward from there. Two things here um, is, first of all, when you talked about learn and leap, the coach that I follow, uh, he has two phrases. One's called just in case learning and just in time learning. So when you go to university or whatever, it's all just just in case, just in case I need it. It's, um, you know, you take it. Right. But once you're into something like a, a job or a career and you go like, oh, I want that position over there. I need these other skills. So just in time, you go get those and then you can apply for that that next position that you, you're really interested in. So I, I like great. the two phrases. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go totally off script now. When I was looking at your website and checking your bio and everything else, we started this conversation by, you know, I had so few options, but you are preparing young people, people for a whole bunch of options. Please tell us about Snapology. Yeah, so Snapology is my blessing that was my for that was my second act coming out of television i opened this franchise and it's all about stem education for kids so we teach science technology engineering art and math so stem or steam and it's been fantastic we teach kids ages 3 to 14 all throughout the community so i've been able to serve the community and i have an 8 and 11 year old who have grown up in the business we've had it for 7 years now and they've been able to come with me and it's just fit into our family where television didn't <laughs> when i needed it so yeah it's a fantastic business that really helped me realize that i could you know start a second business with second act success and it really agnes it's so funny um when i started snapology it was me myself and i just out there teaching classes and before i could afford to hire teachers to help me and parents at classes would say oh you're such a wonderful teacher what grade did you teach and i would say i i never taught i was a television producer this just comes naturally to me and i just am so in love with our curriculum and it just got me you know, I started thinking like, wow, people were so shocked by that kind of a drastic transition that they were asking me, well, how can you help me so that I don't have to commute to Manhattan and how, you know, and it just started that where I started helping customers and helping friends and it led me to where I am now too. So I feel doubly blessed. If you heard the bang, I have a dog back here and she's really, really old. So every once in a while she tries to stretch and she'll hit something. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, what did she do now? Oh dear. <laughs> I just wanted one more question about Snapology. Yeah. How, how did you hear about it? Like it's a franchise or did you start the whole business? No, it's a franchise. So um, my son was, I had a newborn and a three and a half year old at the time. And my three and a half year old loved to build. So we had Legos, we had magnet tiles, like anything that he could make something out of right. that was where he would get in his like zone of genius and just build so that I could do the dishes or make dinner and step away. And I started thinking as I was thinking about what to do, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I started this graduate program to become a teacher. And halfway through that, I realized I didn't want to be a full-time classroom teacher. And so between that piece and seeing my son want to build so much, I was like, maybe there's something to this STEM education. And I started researching how to open my own business and saw Snapology online. And I realized, I think 
it's smarter for me to invest in the franchise and get that corporate help since I had never run a business before. And that was genius in a sense, because it really allowed me to learn as I grew the business. Well, and I think you just hit on a really important thing there too, where Google can be your friend, like do the research, dig down past page one, you know, that sort of thing. And, and you might be surprised what you'll find out there. And I never would have thought about this or thought about a franchise before, but I think now I'm number five, I believe, or in the top five out of 170 franchises. So I don't know if I could have grown my individual, you know, brick and mortar that I would have built on my own to be that successful. So I feel like I owe a lot to the franchisor to who helped. So, well, and I think my, it's my attention as soon as I see a, a woman teaching STEM, especially to girls, it's just like, yes, <laughs> so I actually heard an intro. Sorry, we've gone so far off what you're doing, but on the, I was out this morning to a class and on the way out, I heard these kids talking on the, on, it was on the radio in the car and I'm going, okay, what's this all about? And I guess not far from here, there's a school that isn't like the normal high school. It's, I'm not going to think of the name of it, but they build a house. So instead of going into the shop and, you know, learning how to saw and learning how to hammer, it's like, no, they've got all these um, professionals and they actually go in and from the ground, they clear the ground, the digger comes in, digs the hole. And from there, they build the house with so many teachers. And it's not a regular school program. You're not going to go in and learn history and all that stuff. And I just thought that is so important because especially the trades, we're going to need the trades if, if you can't keep up with you know, what's going on online, you can, the trades will always be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and think of the pride that those students are going to have when they see that house standing there ready for a family. One girl actually said that because she was showing her friend and her friend said, well, that's kind of a cool house. And she said, yeah, I built it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and when you're in grade 10, I mean, that is, well, that'd be huge for me. But especially when you're a young person to have something that massive and a complex Mm-hmm. And then just that your brain can actually wrap wrap around this idea that you can yeah. build something with your hands. It's that impactful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know how long you've had your business, but we've just come off three years of a pandemic. Did you find a few more people looking for your help with COVID? Well, I actually only opened Second Act Success a little over a year ago. So I was oh, not okay. open, but my ideas of starting to think about launching this began through COVID. Yes, because I had so many friends lose their jobs, especially my okay. friends in the entertainment industry that just everything was shut down. And there were a lot of people thinking of that um, Second Act at the time. Mm-hmm. So it really got my brain thinking. I took some online courses to kind of learn a little bit more about getting certified and you know, launching, um, I have a course, so I learned how to write the course during that time. And then I was really just trying to keep my Snapology business afloat as well during that time. So yeah, lots of lessons learned, but it's just been a little over a year since I've been career coaching. Okay. But by the same token, it sounds like, you know, you've had enough things come at you and you've had to learn so much that you're probably the perfect person to career coach because it's like oh yeah well I've lived through that you know that sort of thing yeah well in television too in television it's um I don't know if a lot of people know that but it's a very like niche industry where you go project to project so I've always been used to bouncing around you get a project for six months you go to the next one so you're always hustling to 
you know, keep yourself in the best reputation to get the next hired for the next job. And you're always going from one thing to the other. So I feel like I'm always up for the challenge and I don't get frazzled too easily. So I'm like, all right, I'm up for the next thing. What, what can you throw at me? Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> I owe great. that to television. <laughs> now we're, we're coming out of COVID with any luck, fingers crossed. People are starting to travel again. A lot of people my age are like 50 plus are saying, oh, I always wanted to travel. Uh, digital nomads. I mentioned that at the very beginning. Do you have any of those or do you see many of those? Um, I have not, but I have two good friends who are digital nomads and I had them on my podcast to tell me their story and they're so inspirational. I, I, I mean, they're a young couple with, without kids. So I think it changes things quite a bit, but I, I've learned a lot from them with how they've grown a business online and traveling. So they're making money, they're seeing the world, they're setting up, you know, their life for their future. And I see that, you know what, it's really doable. And honestly, I think this that's a fantastic way to spend your uh, 50s, 60s and above. Yeah. And and just to clarify, Digital Nomad for our listeners is as, lo- as long as you've got an internet connection, you can run a business from anywhere in the world. So it, it's yeah. ideal. And their podcast, if anyone's interested, is the Digital Nomad. I'm sorry. It's the Profitable Couple Nomad. I'm going to mess it up. I'm sorry. Profitable Nomad Couple Podcast. Oh, okay. That's but yeah, great. they're wonderful. People are writing furiously right now. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is they're young without kids, but what's the difference between young without kids and in your 50s or 60s, kids are gone, you know? Exactly. So. And there are people with, with kids who do that and they just, you know, figure it out. So I, I think there really are, um, they were telling me a couple books about families that, that do this with their kids. And I think if you haven't, so many of us can work online and if you can work online and you know how to teach your kids from the road, like it's doable. So yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just in case somebody's going like, what would I do online? I mean, even something as easy as freelancing or virtual assistant. Yes. You know, there's so many virtual assistant opportunities. Absolutely. This, these particular friends um, make websites for people. They, they taught themselves how to design websites and now they do that, but I think they started as virtual assistants as well. So yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, just like sitting on a beach and writing a book and trying to get it published, you know, just, I don't know. There's just so many, there's something so magical about that. Yeah. Yeah. As I was prepping for our chat today, uh, I was getting excited all over again about, oh, what am I going to do next? Yes. Are your clients more excited or more nervous about that big step of like, or is it a bit of both? Um, it might be a little bit of both, but to be honest, I think they are more hesitant or more, you know, apprehensive about it. And I think it's my job to be that accountability partner and kind of like bring them back down, you know, into their, into their bodies and not out of their head and just knowing that, okay, we, we don't have to jump into everything at once. We're going to take these baby steps. We're going to get there. This is how we can do it. And you know, because when you get those nerves, you really do start not thinking as clearly as you can. And so I think, you know, it's trying to say, like, if this is what feels best in your heart, like, then those nerves and those butterflies are well worth it. And just just keep yourself in check and don't don't overstress about it. I mean, I'm an optimist, so I think everything works out the way it should be. But yeah, to be honest, they do come in 
quite scared and nervous, but I think excited of knowing like they know deep down that this is going to work too and that they can make it happen. And there's no reason that they can't. It's just a matter of, of taking that time and just knowing that it's not going to happen by tomorrow, but it will, they will be able to make that change. Well, and I think too, we've all had that situation where we're so fixated about something bad you know did I did I leave the stove on I mean something as simple as that that you you almost get tunnel vision like you can't even see the big picture anymore of like oh well no actually you know I remember you know none of the lights were on on the stove so everything but you just get as I say tunnel vision but that must be where having a coach comes in handy because you never have your peripheral vision close in on you like that you know your client and you, you you maintain the vision of the big picture yeah. And I, I try to go above and beyond and like, okay, you're stressed out. Take a step back. What do you, what would you like me to research for you right now? What can I do while you take a few days to just regroup? Because you know what? Like I had nobody when I was thinking of, you know, trying to figure it out. I had a newborn at home and I felt the pressure of now I don't have this well-paying job to contribute to my family. What, what am I going to do? And I, and it's funny that you, you mentioned something that made me think about how, like back then I remember getting like severe stomach aches to the point where I thought I had an ulcer and I was getting checked out and everyone kept saying, it's just stress. Like you were stressing yourself sick. And something that you said made me realize like, wow, ever since I left and made this shift, I haven't felt that way. And so there's a lot, it just brings me back to remind people to check in with yourself and and really see how you're physically feeling and emotionally feeling because that stress of being in that bad workplace or just being unhappy or feeling unfulfilled, it can cause a lot of body reactions that, you know, um, are controlled subconsciously like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and along those same lines, I remember taking a time management course years ago. And the instructor said, you know, like, when you wake up in the morning, how do you feel? You know, and everybody's going, well, the alarm went off, I'll get up and, you know, hopefully the coffee machine has started itself. And yeah, you know, but sometimes it's really hard to drag my butt out of bed. You know, okay, that's, yeah, I understand. And then the instructor said, but, you know, when you go on vacation, like that first morning when you've got to be in the car packed and going, how do you, how do you wake up? Oh man, I wake up before the alarm. I'm so excited. And the instructor said, and that's the job you need to, <laughs> where you wake up in the morning and go, like, what am I going to do today? Oh, absolutely. It's the Sunday scaries, you know, like feeling so sick on Sunday because, you know, tomorrow starts it all over again, you know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 Remembering our listeners, our mid-age women, any advice for them, anything they should or need to consider when when they're thinking about or as they think about come on i'm encouraging everybody uh, to, to start a new adventure i think just knowing that you can do it and you know what you've done in that first act just contributes to that second act so a lot of people will put their identity in what they've done i've been a teacher for 40 years whatever it is but you know what take all of those skills make that list on pen and paper those skills are going to translate into what it is you want to do. And you're going to be, you, you have the privilege to be able to try something new. And how exciting is that? So get yourself excited about it. Write down everything that you can do and how those will translate into what you are dreaming of doing. And then start working from there because anything, 
I believe is truly possible. And we do get this one life. So you don't want to wake up and say, I could have done that, but I didn't really step outside of my comfort zone to try. And I think trying worst comes to worst, you're back where you are now, right? Like give it a, a try. Um, set yourself like, okay, in six months, I'm going to make this move. So what can I do between now and six months from now to be ready to take that action step? And so just knowing that you can do it, especially if you don't have the pressures that you might have had when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. You know, if you know that you have the kids out of the house that don't need you constantly, if financially you're able to try something new, you know, assess all of that and and, and try. Worst comes to worst, you're back where you are today. Yeah, yeah. I, I use the same phrase, worst possible scenario, nothing changes. Yeah. You know, and there's no no backward steps. And I no, will no also, regrets. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I will also add that end of day, end of week, end of month, to actually sit down and put pen to paper about your accomplishments or what you learned. Did you read a book and learn something? You know, did your, your tomatoes plants just go crazy this summer? You know, did you learn how to build a website? Whatever it is, because once you can do something, you forget that you can do it. And at the end of, you know, if you're doing it daily or weekly, at the end of a couple of months, you look and you go like, oh man, I am good. You know, it's a real feeling of, of power and accomplishment. Whereas to look back over the course of, you know, 10 years, you go, oh, I can't do anything, you know, like whatever, because you've just taken it all for granted. So, yeah. Uh, and you know what? We, we, you're right. We take it for granted or we think like, well, everybody else can do that too. And no, not everybody else enjoys that. Maybe your plants are growing way better than anyone else's. And that's a skill that you can use to help your local community garden. And that can be a passion project or, you know, you can just grow on. I have a, I know someone I met at a conference she loves plants, just on that, that <laughs> tangent. Yeah. And she started a podcast um, and a website all about being the plant lady. And she teaches people tips and she's making money that way. And who would have thought? Like, it's so, you know, unique. Yeah. But yeah, it's like not everyone can do. Just because you can do it doesn't mean everyone else knows how to. So you have gems of knowledge that you can share to other people that they would love to learn about. I won't admit right here that I got two cherry tomatoes off my plant last year. Yay. <laughs> no, I mean, that's all I got. <laughs> hey, it's more than me. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Can I ask you a personal question? Please. Your current path is balanced. And we're going to remember that balance depends completely on the weight of the other things on the scales. Have you had any thoughts about your next incarnation uh, once your children are grown and you have lifestyle freedom? Yes. I have, and I think about it all the time because I don't even think I'm completely balanced. I feel like that's such a hard word, but I try to juggle everything um, between the two businesses and my two boys and my husband and everyone. But I, like I was mentioning briefly earlier, like I do want to write a book. I want to write several books okay. and I want to start doing that. And I would love to do more public speaking to kind of encourage more women to get unstuck and really try for their second act. So I'm going to start writing slowly now and hopefully get something published in the next couple of years and continue to do that in my next act, along with my podcast and, and helping other women through coaching too. Cause I feel like of all the things I've done, this feels like the most just rewarding thing that I've been able to do is I love serving kids through my other business, but being able to help other women 
get unstuck and realize that they deserve more just lights me up. Yeah, yeah. As being the older woman on the other side of the microphone here, um, when it comes to balanced lifestyle, one of the best things I ever heard was this fellow who he had started this massive great company. So he spent a lot of his life there. And he said, in terms of balance, he said, I will never, ever spend this much time with my family and this much time with my, my business equally. He said, but when I'm in my business, I am 100% in my business. He said, and when I'm with my family or my children doing stuff at home, I am 100% there. So basically the business could burn down, but if it's his family time, and that's how he defined balance. And I went, that is really good, you know, to have that time. And when it's family time, make it completely or whatever, you know, the, the, the scenario is. But, uh, I found, I love that. That's so true because you know what you, when you try to do both, you're not doing either well. And I'll notice in my home office, if the kids come in and I'm in the middle of an email lately, I've just been saying, okay close the laptop and go with them because the email is not important and I'm not going to write it well if they're like exactly. pulling on me to do something anyway. So I, I love that advice that you shared that he, that he told you. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, and I know my kids, I come from the days of, you know, phones, yeah. <laughs> telephones. And I remember my children being really frustrated because we'd be sitting down to dinner and the phone would ring and they'd look at me and they're like, like, mom, the phone's ringing. And I go, yeah, we have an answering machine, but mom, and I go like, no, this is our family dinner. You're like, it, it, it'll take care of itself. And obviously they got used to it, but they, it took them a while to understand that, no, this is a family dinner and that's important. Yeah, I do that. I do that with my dad who thinks because he's got the cell phone that he can answer every time it calls him, every time it rings. Yeah. And I'll be like, it can go to voicemail. You can get back to them later. You're driving or you're with the grandkids, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Be in the present. That's that's what we should all take with us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you coach. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm, I coach um, other women one-on-one -on -one, and I hopefully will be launching a membership in the fall. And I have a course that's basically an eight-week course that helps you take that idea and then escalate it so that at the end of the course, you have this blueprint of what your next action items are to get you from where you are to where you want to be. So that um, the next session of that is in the fall as well. Oh, okay. That's great. And is that on your website? Yep. Everything's at secondactsuccess.co. Okay. Um, and you can get links to working with me, my newsletter. There's some freebies there, the podcast, all of that. Okay. Tell us about the podcast. It's called Second Act Success Podcast as well. And, and you interview women who've already done that? Yes, I interview people who have, um, you know, gone from one act to their second act. And then I also do one off episodes where it's just me giving career advice on different career topics, too. Oh, wow. So how long have you been doing the podcast? A little over a year as well. So I launched um, everything at once. I launched the podcast and the coaching at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm thinking to myself, overachiever, but I won't say it out loud. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you are too, Agnes. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, and I believe I was, so I run, you know, I look right away and I'm sure the people on Zoom here wonder what I'm doing, but um, I have another monitor. What was I going to ask you? You're on social. Yes. Yep. I'm on Instagram at Second Act Success and Facebook is secondactsuccess.co. Oh, okay. As in D-O-T? <laughs> um, co, C-O. 
Oh, no, I just meant, though, that I find some things don't, don't want the dot in there. So I spelled D-O-T. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. For some reason, there was another Second Act Success on Facebook. So I had to just do at Second Act Success actual dot C-O oh. for some oh, reason. Oh, isn't that yeah. funny? Okay. Yeah. And then LinkedIn, it's um, Second Act Success as well. Oh, great. Okay. I always put the website link on in the show notes. All of your links are part of your bio on the website. Wonderful. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening, or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's Podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom. Every time I say scroll to the bottom, two fingers point down, <laughs> and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow. Share this episode. So many of us are tired of the job by this age for so many reasons. Or if you're done with the nine to five, you might well be looking for a new thing. It's time to produce your own life, <laughs> Shannon would say. And it might be kind of fun to do that with a friend. On that note, taking the focus away from Shannon for just two seconds here. Um, on boomwithabang.com, I have several pages of possibilities, ideas for part-time jobs, part-time gigs, uh, freelancing, virtual. There's tons of links there that you can just scroll through and see if anything um, grabs your fancy. I'll make sure those links are in the show notes too. And as I like to say, this grandma's off her rocker. Shannon Russell, thank you for being my guest today. Oh, thanks for having me, Agnes. I just love this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's one of those that can go on forever because I really believe in what you're doing. So that's great. And we're talkers. I feel like we could talk all day. <laughs> Moi? <laughs> Have a great rest of the week.